Welcome aboard to another edition of State Lines, a week 14 edition of the program where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. My name is Jason Gotch. I'm joined as always by my co-host, John Spataro. We always tell you how we did the previous week, win or lose with our best bets, with our pick in the Bears game, as we always take a bunch of time to talk about the local team, the Chicago Bears. And John Spataro, I got to bring you in off the top right now because... Just when you think it's hit rock bottom for the Chicago Bears franchise, it just seems to get a little lower this season. I got to admit, I didn't watch as much of that game as I planned on watching. And in the fourth quarter, I sat down. I'm like, hey, the Bears, they're up 10. Detroit's got an interim coach. This is a team the Bears beat early in the season. They win this one. They got the Texans on deck. They still got the Jaguars. You know, maybe they find a way to beat the Packers or the the Vikings later in the year. And who knows? Maybe they get to 10 and 6. Maybe they get into the postseason. And then lo and behold, a Bears collapse. Mitchell Trubisky fumbles the ball away deep in his own territory after a Lions touchdown. Then the Lions punch it in. And the Lions beat the Bears at Soldier Field 34-30. So the Bears losing streak continues. They've now lost six consecutive games. Uh, give me your thoughts on this one and if it's safe to ever trust your money on the Bears again this year because, once again, they let the betters down. Well, remember last week I was saying that if there was a team that the Bears were going to get back on track against, it seemed like it was going to be the Detroit Lions. But lo and behold, the game on Sunday, I'm going to look at it as it was a it was a debt come and due because after the first game of the season between these two teams where the Lions should have beat the Bears in Detroit and they dropped a surefire touchdown that would have given them the win, they get back at the Bears by embarrassing them on their own home field with what you just described, Jason. A fumble turned into a touchdown touchdown turned into an Adrian Peterson touchdown. I mean, this guy has been running over the Bears for years now in two different uniforms. It was just bad all the way around. But you know what? I, I give myself credit. I prepared myself, you know, by uh, being very aggressive when I was saying last week that Matt Nagy should be fired, being aggressive, saying that they should have made a move. Because at this point, I'm not really surprised by what's happening on the field. It, it, it's not like I had some grand hope that the Bears were going to turn around the season, make the playoffs and uh, right all the wrongs that they've done so far this year it was a mess of a game and really it comes down at the end to you know a, a, what should have been a, a, an easy win and and again this team just can't put a team away they can't score enough points to give themselves a buffer so when you do fumble on your own 20 or where, wherever Mitch did it, it's going to come back to bite you so this team deserves everything it's going to get here from the rest of the season I think everyone smells that Matt Nagy's time is up for some reason they're not going to make a move uh, it's, or so it seems they're not going to make a move uh, during the season so it's kind of a lame duck situation I don't think anyone's really excited to go against the Texans this week and hear non-stop about how the Bears picked Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson that's going to be the storyline of the week everyone's going to talk about it and this team uh, you know is just going to keep falling into deeper disarray so until they make a move I'm not going to let a game like that hurt me meaning I'm not going to be super invested and I'm not going to go out and say, wow, the Bears are going to win this week and they're going to get everything back on track. Instead, I'm just going to take what we can take from uh, what's in front of us. You know, maybe if there's a good play here or two from a player that I know is going to be on the team for the next few years, that's great. Otherwise, I'm not going to let myself get upset over losing to the Lions on Soldier Field because it really doesn't matter that the future of this team is completely dependent on who they hire as their next coach, who they bring in as their new GM, and of course, as every NFL franchise, who's going to be playing quarterback. 
quarterback next year. So until then, I'm going to enjoy this, you know, maybe a little bit of melancholy involved where I'm just joyful that I have at least some direction that we're going to have a coach, a new coach next year. But week to week, uh, the Bears can't hurt me anymore, and I'm pretty happy about that. Well, I like the optimism out of John Spataro to start this program, and I, I sure hope you are right, John. Call me skeptical. Call me a doubter. Call me concerned. And I put all those words out there because I'm all those things regarding the possibility of a coaching change and a GM change for one reason. A little bird, I think, just flew in my studio here as we're doing this show, and I, I hear the bird. It's going cheep, cheep. Cheap, 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 because the Bears are a cheap franchise. Let's face it. Nagy's got a year on his contract. So does Ryan Pace. And would it surprise me if after the season we got a Bears press conference where Pace and Nagy are in the hot seat in 2021, that the COVID pandemic made it a very difficult offseason with a new quarterback in Nick Foles, and you really can't fairly evaluate a coach and a general manager because of this Really, once in a, a century or more situation that we've got going on in the world with the, this coronavirus. So I'm a little concerned the Bears won't have a new coach. So they won't have a general manager. I hope they do because certainly it's time for a change. I don't need to hear another Matt Nagy 25-minute press conference where he answers questions in two-and-a-half and three-minute sound bites, and he says absolutely nothing. And it's really, if you decipher what he's saying, it's nothing. It's just a bunch of gobbledygook that he speaks, and it doesn't really relate to anything that's actually going on on the field. So certainly the Bears' management has failed this year. The head coach has failed. The coaching staff has failed. But I don't know. I hope John's right. I hope there's going to be a change. But when it happens, I'll believe it because I've seen the Bears stick with coaches they shouldn't have stuck with for in the past. I'll go back to Dave Wanstead. The guy got six years, and the Bears made the playoffs one time. So uh, we'll see what happens with the coaching staff coming up in the offseason. But to get back to last week's game, Bears minus five. I missed on that one. Over 45 did win with that one rather easy. So split out on the Bears. Thought I was going to win this one, uh, both the side and the total when the Bears were up 10 late in the fourth quarter. Reminder, with two and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter of that game, the Bears led by 10. The Lions then scored a touchdown. Then Mitchell Trubisky. And, John, I want to get into this, too, because you mentioned the quarterbacks. And you think about who's going to play quarterback for this team next year. Mitchell Trubisky has been in the NFL now since 2017. This is his fourth year in the National Football League. Mitchell Trubisky, if there's one thing you cannot do, I don't care that he didn't turn over the ball for 57 minutes and, oh, he was doing such a great job with game management. It looked like the Bears are going to win. The one thing you cannot do late in the fourth quarter there is turn the football over. You can live with the incomplete pass and punt it away. Uh, you, you can live with a three and out. You don't want to, but you can live with that and hope your defense does the job. You cannot turn over the ball. The, the announcers doing the game were just bragging about this great Lions strip sack and how they recovered the ball and they got the touchdown from Adrian Peterson. No, I'm sorry. It was not a great strip sack because Mitchell Trubisky, you cannot hold the ball out there like a loaf of bread waiting for a receiver to get open when you're under a rush. That was terrible by Mitchell Trubisky on protecting the football. And I don't know. I, I, I don't see, John, Nick Foles coming back as the quarterback next year. And I certainly don't know how, if a new coaching staff comes in, you can put Mitchell Trubisky out there again. My guess is the Bears quarterback for next season, if indeed there is a coaching change, that guy's not on the roster right now. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think they're going to have to have to look elsewhere. And that's, you know, just 
goes back to the layers and layers of problems that this team has. It's not just the head coach. It's not just, you know, that they're a 99% of the way there, but if they had a running back or maybe if they had a middle linebacker, you know, sometimes teams are like that and you just need to fill one big hole and everything's back to normal. This team has so many problems and so many different issues that they, they're not going to get right until they find a quarterback. So there's some names out there that is, you know, going to be uh, thrown around. I'm, her- I'm hearing Sam Darnold from the New York Jets is probably going to be available because they look lined up to draft Trevor Lawrence and start over yet again with their quarterback search. So you could find a guy like that. You know, there was a little bit of rumbling last year about bringing in a guy like Marcus Mariota, who had been floating around the NFL for a while. And you know what? In my opinion, I think the Bears should be doing this right now because this is a good time to bring in some new guys. I know that there's not, you know, a a team full of NFL-grade quarterbacks hanging out on the street waiting to get called up. However, there is some time left in the season here where you could try out some rookies or try out some undrafted guys or figure out maybe there's a diamond in the rough somewhere but instead we're going to keep trotting out Mitch we'll probably see Foles again before the end of the year Tyler Bray keeps going back and forth from the practice squad and getting protected and all this stuff on on the roster just you know just make a decision is kind of what I'm asking for either commit to the fact that this team is is not going to make the playoffs I know they're always going to say that they are until they're mathematically eliminated but all in all this season's already lost I mean losing to the Bears uh, or the Bears losing to the Lions at home like that I said this last week if there would have been fans in the stands I think Nagy would have been fired on site I mean he would have been rained down with booze the entire stadium would have been rocking with just disapproval for the way that this year and the regime has gone the McCaskey family and the Bears front office is so lucky that that stadium is empty right now because I really do believe there would be some hell to pay quote unquote uh, from the, the the fandom if they were playing in front of a sold-out Soldier Field. So all in all, you're right, Jason. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, he's got a little bit more going for him than Nick Foles, I'd say. You're, you're right about him turning the ball over late. But I got to say, I think I enjoy him being a little bit more mobile in the pocket and being able to do just a little more than Nick Foles in terms of just a watchability stance. But neither of these guys are the future. It's, it's a shame to admit that, but the Bears need to if they're going to want to get out of this trench that they're in and get back to somewhat respectable football on the offensive side of the ball. Boy, oh boy, John, you know, you mentioned that, and I agree with you with the quarterbacks. I I would play Mitchell Trubisky as well because of the mobility. Nick Foles is a statue back there, but having to pick between those two guys is like telling me I'm going on a long road trip and I got to drive in a blizzard or I got to drive in a a driving rainstorm. I don't want to do either. I just want to take the third option, which is stay home. And unfortunately, the Bears' third option is Tyler Bray, and he's nothing more than a journeyman quarterback in the National Football League. So a lot of issues with this Bears team. Uh, We focused on those here in segment number one of the program. When we come back, we're going to tell you how we did with our best bets of the week. Also, we'll look ahead to Bears and the Texans. Uh, You look ahead to this game. The Houston Texans are not good. They lost last week to the Indianapolis Colts. Yet the early line here against the Bears, the Texans are actually listed as a favorite in this game at Soldier Field. That ought to tell you where the Bears are at right now. Houston's a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So we'll talk about the side-in total in the Bears and the Texans, talk about our best bets coming up later in the show, recap the best bets from last week, and some of the other interesting games. There's quite a few good games here in week number 14 of the National Football League, so we'll hit on those from the gambler's perspective as well. It's State Lines. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. Back with more right after this.
Great to have you with us for a holiday edition of State Lines. Merry Christmas, happy holidays to everybody out there. Can't believe we're in mid-December already in the National Football League. Plowing along here through week number 14 upcoming of the NFL slate. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. It is, again, State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. John, early kickoff at Soldier Field, noon central time on Sunday. The Texans and the Bears, Houston, an early one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, The total in this game is 45-and-a-half. The Bears have not won since October. They've lost six consecutive games. Uh, The Texans are not having a good season. As you mentioned, the big storyline here, Deshaun Watson, the quarterback for Houston, is a guy the Chicago Bears passed on to trade up in round number one back in 2017. The Bears had the third overall pick. They traded with the 49ers, who were not going to draft Mitchell Trubisky, but they gave up a bunch in the draft pick department and move up one spot to assure themselves Mitchell Trubisky. And it has not worked out for the Chicago Bears. While the Texans don't have a great record, certainly Deshaun Watson's one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. So that's the big storyline. You don't see these teams play very often, once every four years, because Houston's in the AFC. The Bears are in the NFC. Give us your thoughts on this contest. Again, side, Texans minus one and a half. The total, 45 and a half. Yeah, well, like you mentioned, it, I I never heard that before that the Bears drafted Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. <laughs> of course, that's tongue in cheek because that's all you're going to hear. And you know what? Maybe the Bears do deserve to hear it just a couple more times because if you look at these two quarterbacks, it's clear that one is a class above, and it shouldn't be a surprise. Watson won the Heisman at Clemson. He should have been the guy on the radar, but instead, Ryan Pace went with the kid from North Carolina, and the rest is history. But for this game in particular. Watson and the Texans have been kind of up and down lately. They blew out the Lions, who just beat the Bears on their own field uh, a couple weeks ago, scoring 41 points, and then got into kind of a grudge match with the Colts last week, where a lot of points were being scored in the first half of that game, and then it kind of slowed down in the second half, and they ended up losing by four uh, to the the Colts in Indy. So it it was really a lopsided game uh, two weeks ago, not so much last week. As for the Bears, I don't know, you know, which loss is better they're both bad and they're both hard to take but they had a similar trajectory where they lost a close one last week and then they got blown out by the Packers the game before so who is the real Bears who is the real Texans and with this one I think I'm going to have to go with the Texans I don't like you know picking against the Bears it's not something I enjoy doing but I got to be realistic especially when my money is involved and this one just screams to me that Deshaun Watson is going to outplay Mitch Trubisky it's that simple I'm betting on quarterbacks here You know, there is some revenge game factor, right? You know, they're going to hype that up. They're going to talk about it. Whether or not you actually believe that that improves the performance of somebody on the field is one thing. But there's enough here for me to think that with all the problems the Texans have had, they're playing without uh, or playing with an interim coach in Romeo Cronell. They're a better offense. And and for the most part, the Bears' best unit, their defense, has kind of slipped lately. They've lost four games in a row, and they've been averaging about 28 points uh, has that defense. So it's not necessarily the same defense we saw at the beginning of the year when they were shutting everybody out. This It slipped a little bit, maybe because the team's given up, maybe because they're losing expectations. Whatever you want to call it, it, it just doesn't seem like they have the same unit on the field anymore. So for that reason, I think that the Texans are going to be able to win this game against the Bears. I also think the over is in play here. Uh, it's hovering around uh, 46 points right now. 
But uh, th that could be another one where if, if you're not paying attention to how the Bears defense has been playing lately, you may think that, well, they're at their home field. They're going to they're going to shut down uh, a Texans team that's been struggling. However, Mitch Trubisky scored, you know, over 30 points last week. So he, he certainly has the ability to put up some points as quarterback. But I, I just don't think that he's going to be able to contend uh, with Deshaun Watson for four quarters. I think that the total uh, is a decent play if you don't want to pick a side. But overall, uh, I'm just looking forward to you know rehashing the memories of the draft and uh, listening to them talk more and more about Ryan Pace's decision maybe just maybe it may be enough to put push the McCaskies Ted Phillips and everyone involved over the edge and tell uh, Pace and Nagy to take a hike well if you don't want to hear about the Deshaun Watson versus Mitchell Trubisky 2017 draft and how their careers have evolved at this point and it looks like Deshaun Watson trending in the right direction, Mitch, not so much. I would recommend a good use of your mute button on Sunday when you watch the Bears-Texans because two bad football teams, that's the big storyline. There are not that many other good storylines uh, in this contest. But it's hard to argue with anything John Spataro said right there. Uh, I'm going to take the Texans in this game as well. I'll lay the one and a half. Again, two bad teams, two teams that lost to rivals last week. John mentioned that the Texans were losers late in that game to the Indianapolis Colts. The Bears, of course, coughed it up against the Lions. Now, the Colts are a lot better team than the Lions are, but still losing division games, both these teams. Now, the Texans got to go on the road to Chicago and take on the Bears. But I, I just think right now the Texans are a little bit better football team than the Chicago Bears are. And I have to think the mental state of the Bears right now is even worse than it was going into last week's game. Because if you think about it, the Lions were playing with an interim coach. They were going nowhere. The Bears had beaten them week number one, a nice come-from-behind rally at Ford Field to give the Bears uh, the, the week one win as they improved to 1-0 on the season. That's a team they should definitely beat. The Bears had the lead, two and a half minutes to go. They're up 10 points on their own field. Uh, they lose that game the way they did you got to think the Bears are going to come out a little bit gun-shy uh, on Sunday. And it's probably going to be in their heads a little bit. Look, we played pretty well for the most part last week against the Lions, and we still could not win. We lost six in a row. Everybody wants our coach fired. Everybody wants our general manager fired. Our quarterback cannot protect the ball in the final two minutes of the game when that's the most important thing to do. Uh, as John said earlier, thank goodness there are no fans in the stands this year because if they were, we'd be booed off the field uh, the last few weeks we've had home games. So I got to think that the Bears mentally going into this one, they're going to be in a tough spot. Uh, the, the Texans, I think all that kind of went out the window for them several weeks ago when Bill O'Brien, their head coach, had gotten fired. So they're under Romeo Cornell, an interim coach right now. I think Watson's going to make enough plays. And I also look at the over in this game, and I'll take the over as well because let's face it, the Bears' defense, because their offense is so bad, the Bears' defense really hasn't been great in recent weeks. I mean, I, I know they were put on a short field there at the end of that game for the Lions' eventual game-winning touchdown, but still, they didn't stop the Lions the drive before. So I look at this one. I, I, I'm going to take the Texans as well, minus one and a half, and I'll also go ahead and, and go with the total of the over here in this contest listed at 45 and a half. It's State Lines. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. And, John, it's that time in the show when we tell you what we did with our best bets. We'll have our best bets for this week coming up a little bit later on in the program. But go ahead and let the listeners know how you did in Week 13 with your best bets, your three picks against the spread. 
Well, thankfully, I did better than the Bears in terms of, uh, you know, uh, picking the games right. I, I can't say that uh, I, I actually put a win on the board in this past week of the NFL schedule. And if you remember, I was doing something special. I picked three games that all had underplays on them, and I hit on two of them. Let's start with the game we just talked about. It's the Texans and the Colts. That game was pretty wild. I mean, the, the, you don't see this often where there was uh, uh, 48 points scored in the first half of that game it was 24 to 20 at halftime and then the both teams did not score other than a safety in the second half so it was 26 20 uh, a 46 point total and the under was 52 and a half so at halftime I'm sweating that one out thinking oh man I've already lost the day has barely begun but then suddenly that clock just kept ticking and the points did not get added to the board and I get a very lucky and very fortunate uh, 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 cover there on the under which was a nice start to the week and then another game a division one that this one went a little bit more like I thought it would it was the Saints and the Falcons 21-16 was the final and that one gives you a total of 37 points that one covers easy the under was 46 in that one and then the only one that I lost uh, this one got out of hand but that happens sometimes it's, it's actually I think the second time that I've bet on this team and uh, they've they've really blown by and under when I've bet on them and that is the LA Rams they were playing the Arizona Cardinals again another division matchup 38-28 was the final in that one cruising by the under of 48 and a half I think the Rams have a better offense than I realize or maybe that defense isn't as good at stopping people as I think either way they score a lot of points and I may be taking them out of the mix when I'm looking to bet unders going forward but all in all a pretty good week two and one I've kind of gotten back to having consecutive winning or even weeks here which is great to see like I said I'm crawling towards the finish line to try and get to a, a 500 record before the playoffs and I think I'll have a good chance to do that if I go uh, positive in this upcoming week's best bets. With us for State Lines, a week 14 edition in the National Football League. We roll along. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. Best bets against the spread are coming up a little bit later on in the show. But, John, before we do that, a game with a lot of interest here in the Midwest because the Green Bay Packers are having another outstanding season. Matt LaFleur in his second season as the head coach. We both talked about Aaron Rodgers being a sleeper for the MVP coming into this season. And he's probably not going to win that award, but he's going to get a lot of votes for it, certainly with the way he's played. The Packers are 9-3. and They're going to take on the Detroit Lions on Sunday. The Lions check in at 5-7. and This game in the Motor City. No fans in attendance here. Daryl Bevel did win that game as first as interim coach against the Bears. We talked about that at length earlier. And you look at the spread in this contest, the Packers a 7.5-point favorite. Uh, the total, 55.5. The odds makers see a lot of points being scored between these two teams. How do you think it plays out? 
Well, let me get started by saying I don't think there's any way that the Packers lose this game. You could make an argument that the Lions might be able to cover, but it's really two completely different teams. I mean, the Packers are probably the best offense in the NFC. The Lions are certainly not, but they do have Matt Stafford, who seems to uh, figure out how to throw the ball again and has put up 400 yards on a Bears defense last week. Uh, that That's pretty dang good. So I'm going to actually, I know I sound like a broken record on here sometimes, but I'm going to look at the over in this one again. I think that this game has a ton of points available to be scored. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers just love to throw the ball around. They love to score points. They like to score quick. And from what we saw, the Matt Patricia-less Lions last week seem much more uh, aligned to just let Matt Stafford throw the ball all over the field, which is what he made his career on and what got him drafted in the first place. Just being a flame throwing quarterback who can throw the ball 60, uh, close to 70 times a game and get you down the field. On top of that, they're getting a little bit back from Adrian Peterson. He had two touchdowns last week. I think that's, you know, not something to be ignored from the veteran who, you know, at one time was the best running back in the league and certainly uh, a Hall of Famer to be at some point down the road so for this one they're daring you to really to make a play on the over it's it started at around 51 and a half and like Jason said it's moved four points upwards to 55 and a half but I'm going to look Vegas in the eyes and I'm going to say you know what I'm not afraid to put down uh, an over bet on this one I just see it being a big game Uh, a reminder the Bears have one of the worst offenses in the league and the Lions and the Bears combined to score 64 points last week so if they can do, you know, even remotely close to that with an offense that can actually score in the Packers, this one might be an easy overcash. It could look like a college football line score at the end of the day uh, if if everything goes as planned. So I'm going to look at the over in this one. I also think that the Packers are an easy pick to win outright. Uh, that's not saying very much, however. Uh, with the spread, I don't think I'm going to get involved in this one. I The the Lions can do some, some weird things like we've seen them in the two games that they've played against the Bears. So I'm going to comfortably play the over and uh, hope for a lot of points just get scored in this one so john spataro hoping for an entertaining game on tv for those of us who will see it here in the state of illinois that is one of the big games that many people in the state will get to see on their local television at some point on the sunday card for week number 14 i'm gonna go ahead you know i i hate taking big road favorites but i watched the lions last week i watched the lions on thanksgiving the lions are bad they are a bad football team yes they beat a bad bears team i'm gonna say the packers get it done the hook scares me the sevens scares me it's seven and a half right now but i'm gonna do it anyway i'm saying the the packers win this game by double digits give me the packers minus the seven and a half against the detroit lions now here's another one for you john and this is a good one you know we don't always get good games in prime time but this week in week 14 we got a couple of pretty darn good prime time games the first one's a sunday nighter the pittsburgh steelers who lost on tuesday yes tuesday because they they were uh, prevented from playing for an, a number of uh, days because of that uh, COVID issue with the Ravens. So that game a couple of weeks ago got pushed back, and that pushed back the the Pittsburgh-Washington football team game. And the Steelers suffered their first loss of the season, and that was at Heinz Field to the Washington football team. So the Steelers 11-1. They go to Buffalo to play a 9-3 resurgent Buffalo Bills team. Josh Allen playing well at quarterback. Sean McDermott's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Nobody ever talks about as being a very good head coach. He really is. Buffalo's kind of a forgotten place, but McDermott's done a great job with that franchise. So 11-1 Pittsburgh, Buffalo at 9-3. This is the Sunday night game. 
8.20 Eastern, 7.20 kickoff. And this one has the Steelers minus 2.5 right now. John, what do you think about this contest? Well, it's certainly tough to pass up points for a team that's only lost one game. And if you told everybody that, you know, hey, in these next two weeks, the the Steelers play the Washington football team and the Buffalo Bills, and they're going to lose one of those games, I think 99% of people would have said they're going to lose to the Bills. So I'm trying to not let what happened on Tuesday uh, cloud my judgment here and try to play this straight down the middle. And I'm leaning really hard towards the Buffalo Bills. I think that they are a better team top to bottom than the Steelers. I, I think that Josh Allen, you know, it's, it's kind of, gone up and down a little bit in terms of being a great quarterback this year he's been very good all year but the game that he played last week against the 49ers who are a fringe playoff team but still pretty good competition uh, he torched them and he completely blew past the expectations for that game in, in terms of his production meanwhile Ben Roethlisberger and the offense of the Steelers uh, with all their firepower just couldn't really get anything going against a very good but I, I wouldn't call world-class defense with the Washington football team they just never really seemed in sync maybe you can blame that on the scheduling changes maybe you can blame it on just inconsistency with some of their position groups after they were you know being tested and, and retested and contact trace with everything that was going on around some of their games but all in all this one seems like an AFC championship preview and you know it'd be tough for me to bet against Big Ben in the playoffs but in the regular season I can see Josh Allen getting it done at home uh, on his home field and and getting the better part of the Steelers defense it, it just really seems like a good spot for the Bills here they're coming in hot off of a big win against the 49ers and the Steelers got upset and you know maybe they were looking ahead to the Bills maybe they were overlooking uh uh, the Washington football team, I guess we'll never know. However, this one just screams to me that, uh, you know, although it's going to be tempting, like I said, to take two and a half points on a team that's only lost once this year, it's probably better to just take what you think is going to happen. And I think what's going to happen is that Josh Allen is going to play better than Ben Roethlisberger at home and be able to get the win in this one. So give me the Buffalo Bills in this game. I'm excited to watch it just from, you know, a fan's perspective, but all overall, I, I really do think that this could be a, a, a premonition of what to what's to come in the AFC playoffs. Okay. John Spataro locked in right there with the Buffalo Bills as we continue on state lines. Me, Jason Gotch, and again, John Spataro is always with you. I am going to take pass on this one because hint, hint, this game is involved in one of my three best bets. So we'll skip ahead here. The Monday Nighter, John, another good one. The Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. If you're not paying attention, listeners, at all to the AFC North this year, one of the quieter stories in the NFL is there. The Baltimore Ravens are always good. They're seven and five this year, so they're on the, you know, right on the line about making the playoffs. It could go either way for them. But the Cleveland Browns are nine and three under new coach Kevin Stefanski, longtime coach, assistant coach with the Vikings. Baker Mayfield's playing better football. Yes, the Browns are nine and three. So John. That's the Monday nighter, and again, a lot of times we, we don't have very good games on Monday night football. They don't flex those games, but that is not the case this week because uh, Baltimore and Cleveland is an attractive matchup. So you look at this one, the Ravens are a small favorite, one-and-a-half-point favorite in Cleveland. Uh, how do you think this one plays down on the shores of Lake Erie? Yeah, this one is is hard to peg because I think that both of these teams are uh, not meeting expectations in a good and a bad direction. Obviously, the Ravens 
had an MVP in Lamar Jackson uh, last year. I don't know if he's playing anywhere near that level anymore. They've really kind of had a stop and start year. They got blown out by the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night a couple weeks ago, and that really was the turning point of the last, uh, you know, four or five weeks of their season. They just really haven't looked the same since then. Then all the COVID stuff hit, and they've really been, uh, you know, disjointed, uh, I'm sure, as an organization. I'm sure with their practice schedules and their meetings and everything like that. And then losing to the Steelers, you know, which should have been a Thanksgiving game, uh, you know, can't be great for their their confidence either because that's a big rivalry for them as well. And then meanwhile, Baker Mayfield, who was, uh, you know, being talked about very aggressively at the beginning of the year, if he should even have a job and if he was going to be on his way out, you know, another failed quarterback in Cleveland. We've heard this story a million times. He's really turned it around and he's really started to throw the ball, uh, you know, uh, pretty well. Last week he went 334, four touchdowns and no interceptions. That is not easy to do in the NFL, folks. That is not college. That is not high school. That is an NFL game where he was uh, nearly perfect. So if Baker continues to play that way, uh, you know, with the with the Ravens trending down, I think I'm going to do something that we don't do all the time on state lines, but it's fun to do every now and then. I think I'm going to look at a money line bet on this one because uh, although it's not a huge money line advantage, you know, it's, it's not a huge underdog. You do have the Cleveland Browns at about plus 100, 115. It's all going to depend on where the line comes out. But anytime you feel pretty confident that a team, uh, you know, with a plus in front of their number uh, has a decent chance to win, which I do in this game, it's good to jump on those opportunities because most of the time, it, you know, money lines are so deeply weighted towards the favorites. You're not going to be able to make a ton of money uh, if you pick one of them. So if I see an underdog that I like, uh, no matter what the number is, I usually like to try and play it. So for this one, I'm not even going to worry about the spread. I think the Browns have a chance to win this one outright. And because they are underdogs, I think I can make a little bit of money on the money line. So give me that. Uh, I'm interested to see where it ends up. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of people are thinking differently uh, and, and probably going to try and, and catch a win here uh, with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So there's a possibility that that line could go up. However, I feel pretty confident about it. Baker Mayfield has uh, impressed me enough to, to put some money on him outright. I think the Browns win this game against the Ravens. Okay, John locked in with the Cleveland Browns. And again, Jason Gotch, me, going to take a pass on this one because, hint, hint, it's also involved in my best bets coming up next segment. So a lot of AFC North action in Jason Gotch's best bets this week. We come back. It will be our best bets segment. And also we'll recap our picks for the Bears and the Texans coming up noon kickoff central time at Soldier Field. All that more here on State Lines right after this. Welcome back to State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spitaro. I'm Jason Gotch. It's that time of the program. We give you our best bets for the week against the spread. But before we do that, we always like to recap for listeners who may just be joining the program, our thoughts on the Chicago Bears. And this week, the Bears and Texans meet at Soldier Field, two teams who at this point, the playoffs are a dream for both these squads. The Bears having lost six in a row. They're five and seven on the year. It's hard to believe that this team was five and one at one point. I got to admit, they had me fooled. I thought with the extra playoff team this year, three wild cards in each conference, the Bears, when they were five and one, were a shoe and at least get one of those. But 
Uh, they have, I think, proved me wrong at this point, even though there's four games left to go in the year. I don't see the Bears getting a nine or even eight victories. Excuse me, eight victories this season. I think this is, heck, they're probably going to be lucky to win one more game this year the way things are going right now. And the Texans, of course, uh, not having a good year. This is a team that fired their coach, Bill O'Brien, early in the season. Romeo Cornell has been serving as the interim coach. But the Texans uh, this season are only 4-8. and eight. So 4-8 and eight Houston, 5-7 and seven Chicago. The Texans a small favorite in this game. Texans are a one-and-a-half-point favorite in the contest. So, John, I turn it over to you for our, our listeners who are just joining the program. Uh, give me your thoughts again on this one. Sum up your pick and maybe give us a little bit on how bad the Chicago Bears are right now because I know we hit that earlier, but uh, no need to really hit it too hard because I think anybody who's watched a Bears game over the last six weeks or so knows what we're going with that. Yeah, I've always got time to talk about how bad the Bears are. Don't you worry about that. I, I am always down uh, to talk about the transgressions and the shortcomings of this team because there are so many. I mean, there's just so many ways to slice this and so many ways to be disappointed if you are a Bears fan. In this game in particular, I said it a million times in the first segment, it's all going to be about uh, that the Bears did not pick Deshaun Watson and instead picked Mitch Trubisky. And now they're facing off against each other. And boy, what a lackluster matchup this is these are two non-playoff teams one of which you know has already fired their coach in the Texans one of which should fire their coach in the Bears and all in all it just sets up to just be kind of a downer game and I when that when that happens when you see a matchup like this where you know there's different things that motivate guys I'm sure there's bonuses on the the line you know if you get a certain number of sacks or if you get a certain number of catches there's always something to play for in the NFL I'm not saying that these guys are going to take it easy and uh, you know just let the other team win however there's just not the same uh, matchup feel that there was was at the beginning of the year for the Bears or the Texans in that regard so uh, when I see a game like that it usually comes down to quarterback play and nine times out of 10 maybe 99 out of 100 maybe 100 out of 100 I'm going to take the other team's uh, quarterback play over the Bears I think Deshaun Watson's going to be a better quarterback on Sunday than Mitch Trubisky for all in all Mitch I I think it's an improvement over Nick Foles who I I will admit I said was a an improvement over Mitch Trubisky at the beginning of the year but he's just more mobile he's just able to do a little bit more things and and make a little bit more happen than Foles was and I, I, maybe that's going to lead to a win down the road but against a Deshaun Watson and a, and a quarterback that can actually make a, a decent amount of throws and run on his own and, and really is a true playmaker I don't think the Bears are going to have enough to keep step I think the defense has also slipped a little bit I talked about that earlier in the show they are averaging about 28 points per game uh, let up in the last four games which they've all lost uh, so it's it's really just not a, a great look for either uh, side of the Bears operation right now. They're, they're really just not playing at the level uh, that they were at the beginning of the year or that they should at this point. So all in all, look at the Texans to cover in this one. It's close enough where it's essentially a pick. Uh, you know, maybe there would be an, an instance where someone will cover and not win in this one. But really, it's just going to come down with the quarterbacks for me. And if that's the case, uh, like I said, I think I'm going to take Deshaun Watson over Mitch Trubisky, unlike what the Bears did in 2017. (laughs) Well, John Spataro, I think you're going to get it right because guess what? I am also going to take the Houston Texans in this game. You look at the Chicago Bears and you have a team in disarray. 
as ugly a loss as you could possibly have was what happened last week. Up 10, two and a half minutes to go in the game. The Bears give up a touchdown. They get the ball back. Trubisky does not protect the ball in his own territory on a drop back. Fumbles the ball away on a strip sack. Lions get it. They punch in the eventual game-winning touchdown. And the Bears suffer their sixth consecutive loss. I think the Bears' psyche is in the dumper right now. Everything going wrong for that football team. And the Texans at least have Deshaun Watson and some offensive ability. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to roll the dice and say, take the Houston Texans minus the one and a half. Don't bet on the Bears again until they give you a reason to bet on them, like actually win a football game. So I'm going to take the Texans minus the one and a half. All right, friends, it's time. That time in the show when we give you our best bets against the spread. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. John, I'm going to give you the floor because you had a good week last week. You're trying to battle the 500 for the season. Sounds like you're kind of on a roll right now. So I know the listeners are sitting on pins and needles, waiting and waiting and waiting throughout the whole show to get some winners from John Spataro. So go ahead and roll a 3-0 week for him. Well, I am tempted to go back to the well and pick three straight unders. I'm not going to do that this week. I, I feel like switching it up again. And, uh, th- you know, I-, I think all of these three games have an opportunity to go under, but I'm only going to play one of them. So let's start with that. The under in the Denver-Carolina game. This game screams under to me. And all you got to do is follow the news. The Carolina Panthers are coming off a bye, but they're not going to have Christian McCaffrey, it sounds like. They're not going to have uh, Curtis Sam. Samuel, one of their big receivers who uh, sucks up a ton of yards. They're not going to have DJ Moore, it seems like, because of the COVID list. So it seems like they're limping into this game, and Teddy Bridgewater is not going to have a ton to throw to or hand off to. No disrespect to Mike Davis, but that does not seem like a, an offense that is primed to go off in this matchup. And then on the other side, the Denver Broncos have not scored more than 20 points in a month, and that even includes the game where they started a wide receiver at quarterback. So they're not necessarily a high-profile offense offense and because of the struggles of the Panthers uh, getting some guys on the field this one seems ripe to go under 47 very very easily so I'm going to look at that one to start my week off and then pick two favorites Uh, not necessarily the most excited picks but I think that these ones are clear as day first I'm going to go to a game that many people probably aren't going to watch because it involves uh, the New York Jets it is the Seattle Seahawks welcoming the Jets to Seattle and this one has a big spread and now I know what I've said in the past I usually avoid big spreads and this one is certainly big it's coming close to two touchdowns at the time that we're recording this 13 and a half uh, for the Seahawks I think it's tempting to take the Jets because oh wow they could surprise some people and, and, and maybe push Russell Wilson who hasn't been playing necessarily at his MVP level at the beginning of the year lately uh, maybe the Jets could push him I say resist and just take the Seahawks. This one has blowout written all over it. I don't think the Jets even have an interest in winning games anymore because, like I mentioned, that they seem primed to get the number one draft pick and reset their quarterback counter uh, yet again. So give me the Seahawks in this one plus, uh, or excuse me, give me the Seahawks in this one minus 13 and a half points. It could go even higher than that, but I really don't think there's a, an amount of points on the board that they could throw at me where I'm not going to feel confident that the Seahawks are going to get it done against the Jets at home. And then finally, I'm going to a rookie quarterback making his first start, and I'm going to bet against him. I'm talking about the New Orleans Saints versus the Philadelphia Eagles. We've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. When were the Eagles going to make the transition from Carson Wentz, who has owed a boatload of money, to their new rookie quarterback? 
quarterback who they drafted this past year, Jalen Hurts, national champion, Alabama, Oklahoma. Everyone knows the story. Who? When was it finally going to happen? Well, it looks like we're going to get the showdown that everyone expected when these two teams were scheduled to play this year. It's Taysom Hill versus Jalen Hurts. Wow. Come a long way from Drew Brees versus Carson Wentz. Yet here we are. Brees might return from this game, I I, I should say, uh, but it it, it really does sound like uh, Taysom Hill is going to get the start uh, yet again. So he's three and zero. Is uh, Taysom Hill, and and he's getting he's given the Eagles six and a half points, just around a touchdown. I'm looking at this one kind of based on the way that the other rookies have played so far this year. Joe Burrow before he got hurt, Tua Tagovailoa with the the Dolphins. It doesn't seem like the rookies are necessarily coming in 100% game ready on their first games. It's taken them a little while to ease in. And on that notion, I, I know it doesn't necessarily affect the Philadelphia Eagles, but that is is enough for me to think that Jalen Hurts is not going to be able to keep this uh, to a touchdown game in his first start. He may turn into a fine quarterback, but going up against the New Orleans Saints, a team with a great coach and great skill position players, I don't know if he's going to be able to keep it within a touchdown. I could see this being a 10-point win for the Saints or even larger than that. So give me the Saints in that one. I'm essentially betting against Hurts and the Eagles here. So to recap, I'm going back to another under. Uh, the under in the uh Carolina and Denver game that's at 47 right now I love the under in that one I also like a big favorite the Seattle Seahawks to cover comfortably against the New York Jets like everyone seems to do and then like I just said I'm betting against Jalen Hurts in his first game as starter against the New Orleans Saints that's right around a touchdown minus six and a half give me that against the Eagles on Sunday. All right, John Spataro locked in for those best bets coming up here for Week 14. And how about Carson Wentz? That guy was the star of the league till he got hurt a few years ago. Then Foles ended up winning the Super Bowl as the backup, coming in as the starter due to the fact that Wentz was done for the season. And since that point, Carson Wentz has never really uh, found his rhythm consistently. And now he's benched for the rookie Jalen Hurts here for the Eagles game coming up on Sunday at home against the New Orleans Saints. Well, I'll wrap it up with my best bets here. Jason Gotch has got three of them ready to roll for you, and we are going to go ahead, and we are going to start off with the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. I think the wrong team's favorite here, and I think it's just basically name recognition. You think of the Ravens, you think of Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh. You think of the Cleveland Browns, and you think of the mistake by the lake, a franchise reincarnated that has not been good over the last 20 years uh, since they were uh, readmitted to the NFL after they they moved and became the Baltimore Ravens under Art Modell in the mid-1990s. But this time around, I think the Browns are going to get the better of the Ravens here. I like the underdog. I think Baker Mayfield's playing good football. The Browns are pretty good on both sides of the ball. Lamar Jackson has not had the season he had last year. So go ahead and give me the Cleveland Browns plus the one and a half over the visiting Ravens. I'm also going to take the Steelers in the Sunday nighter minus two and a half in Buffalo. Bills are playing great. They had a nice win over the 49ers last week. I cashed that ticket. The Bills minus three. They won over the 49ers in Glendale, Arizona, neutral site because of COVID restrictions uh, in Santa Clara County where the Niners normally play their home games. But even though I went with the Bills last week, I I think it changes this week. I think the Steelers are going to be refocused after losing that game at home to the Washington football team for their first loss of the season. I think Roethlisberger and company are going to find a way to get it done. It'll be a close game, but I think the Steelers win. So give me the Steelers minus the two and a half. And also, to close it out, this is actually one I really like. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the 49ers minus five and a half 
against the Washington football team. Uh, again, this is a Washington football team that's been playing better. Give Ron Revere, their coach, a lot of credit. Ron Revere teams tend to do very well November and December, and that's a credit to him as a head coach and his staff. That was the case with Carolina for several years. It looks like that's the case here with the Washington football team. But I just think this is a natural letdown spot. Look, uh, the Washington football team had their – Super Bowl last week when they won in Pittsburgh. That was their big upset win of the season. And I think they're due for a letdown here. So give me the Niners. I know Jimmy Garoppolo's barely suited up this year. Nick Mullins has been their quarterback for much of the season. But give me the 49ers minus five and a half in a letdown spot against the Washington football team. So to sum it up, Jason Gotch's picks. I'm going to take the Browns plus one and a half, the Steelers minus two and a half, and the 49ers minus five and a half as my three best bets of the week. Again, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody out there. That'll do it for a week 14 edition of State Lines. For John Spataro, my name is Jason Gotch. Enjoy the winners, and we'll talk to you next week for week 15, everyone. This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.